Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. And Gipper. Sports graphics made incredibly simple. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Dave Kelly. Dave's a certified athletic administrator. He's a longtime high school athletic director in the state of Ohio, and he's currently an associate professor at the University of Cincinnati, where he is the program coordinator for their online Master in Science for Sport Administration. Dr. Kelly, welcome to the program. Jake, uh, uh, an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for having me and uh, just super excited uh, to to have the opportunity to share uh, my thoughts and and my background and, and, and things of that nature with you. So thank you again for this opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for visiting with us. You're doing some great things there with uh, uh, the next generation of ADs. Well, uh, as you know, the life of an athletic director these days is uh, very busy. So we're going to jump right into it. Sure. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and uh, you know maybe how your love of sports you know led to this career in athletics. Sure, thank you. Um, so I'm originally from upstate New York in a uh, uh, in a suburb area of Rochester, New York, called Pittsford, and uh, attended Pittsford Sutherland High School. Uh, very active in athletics uh, throughout uh, my high school career, primarily in the sport of basketball. Uh, was all county uh, honorable mention uh, in in a lot of other uh, areas, you know, in terms of the uh, state. New York and that sort of thing. So I, I had a pretty stellar uh, uh, career as a, as a high school basketball player. I uh, had a very uh, great relationship with my coach uh, who passed recently. Uh, and so, but at any rate, um, growing up in Pittsburgh, New York was, was great. Uh, eventually it turned into an opportunity, um, unfortunately from injury, uh, that sort of shortened my career, but when I was going to St. Bonaventure University, that sort of got me in, engaged and involved with the coaching uh, aspect of things. And so literally right across the street from St. Bonaventure University uh, is Archbishop Walsh High School. And it was there where I started cutting my teeth uh, as a coach uh, over at Archbishop Walsh. And then 
as a as a student athlete, I mean, I was recruited uh, by quite a few institutions, including Syracuse University. And so I had a previous relationship with Coach Bayheim, uh, which then translated into once I graduated from St. Bonaventure, I transitioned to be uh, his graduate assistant coach oh, wow. as I uh, worked on my master's degree at Syracuse. And so, uh, and, you know, I, the mentors, obviously Coach Bayheim was a huge mentor for me. Uh, as well as, ironically enough, Jake Krauthamel. Now, Jake was the director of athletics at Syracuse, and as part of my master's program, sort of did one of these deals where you shadow the director of athletics for an entire day. And so uh, what an experience that was, uh, because this was, you know, in the early 1990s where the big east was actually starting to really blow up and become oh, yeah. uh, part of the national scene uh in terms of both basketball and football uh and so um in having that conversation with jake and, and just just being a sponge and trying to learn as much as i could from his wealth of knowledge uh one of the things one of the quotes that he told me in our uh special day and i'll, I'll never forget it to this day uh, you know, and it's occurred well over, you know, 30 years ago, but uh, he said, you know, when you're an athletic director, uh, you know, he says, I can be the reincarnation of Vishnu, but it's not me that's going to get it done. It's surrounding myself with good people. And so uh, I, I, I've taken that to heart. And I, I certainly to this day, even in a different role as an associate professor, uh, but working with my colleagues and the like, uh, yes, it, I think that's a, a very important lesson for athletics uh, and athletic directors in particular is to, you know, uh, more or less surround yourself with good people and making good hiring decisions and that sort of thing. So that's that's just a little bit about me, Jake. Oh, no, that's, a, that's a, always great to hear those stories and how, you know, individuals uh, touched your life. Uh, go and take us that next step. So you're a GA at the Division One school. Um, you know, how did that transition into teaching and coaching? You know, at the high school level. Sure. So, ironically enough, um, you know, again, it's all about relationships. And so, as I was working, you know, for Coach Bayheim, you know, one of my tasks and duties, and I can certainly uh, say that, you know, we were on. Uh, NCAA probation at that time, but I can honestly say, uh, you know, I was that guy that was going out to the individual classrooms and making sure that, you know, the, the players were, were in class and that sort of thing. And, you know, I can honestly say that during my tenure there, uh, nobody was academically ineligible, ineligible on my watch. So, but, uh, so I'm, I'm very proud of that, but then ultimately, um, I met a, uh, professor, Dr. Clifford Crooks, who, you know, sort of saw that I was leaning more towards, you know, wanting to learn the administrative side uh, of athletics, in addition to the coaching. Uh, and he says, well, Dave, do you, you know, have you ever heard of Ohio University in little Athens, Ohio? And so I had never heard of it. And so, uh, lo and behold, uh, you know, towards the end of my uh, master's program decided on a you know on a weekend trip to just sort of get in the car and go down 
to Athens and just sort of explore. And sure enough, um, you know, serendipitously, I met my current mentor who used to be the, he's retired now, Dr. Andy Kreutzer, but uh, he was the program coordinator then uh, when I was at Ohio U um, uh, with, the, with the sport administration program there. And so during that weekend visit, you know, we had the conversation, told him I was, you know, Bayheim's grad assistant, yada, yada. He's like, hey, I know the superintendent of schools over at Federal Hawking High School. I'm pretty sure that he's looking for either a JV or an assistant basketball coach. Let me give him a call and set up an appointment. And so lo and behold, Jake, I mean, you wouldn't believe it. It was just incredible that just what, what serendipitously happened that weekend. I left and went back to upstate New York with the JV and assistant coaching job uh, at Federal Hawking High School. And so that, uh, you know, was, was, an, was incredible. And that sort of started my journey uh, with coaching. Uh, and then eventually, uh, while I was in classes uh, at Ohio University, um, I was sitting literally in, in the seat right next to uh, Jeff Cullum, who uh, was serving as the, the physical education uh, teacher in the Vinton County School System. Uh, he had heard, you know, he said, hey, I'm going to be transitioning. I'm going to be coming the uh, principal uh, over at one of the elementary schools. My job is going to be open. Why don't I introduce you to our building principal, Dan Murray? And so next thing I know is that, you know, I'm interviewing for the PE job uh, in the Vinton County Schools, got that and became the junior high athletic coordinator, the assistant AD in the Vinton County schools. And so really, you know, there was a lot of things from that transition while I was working um, on my PhD that serendipitously, uh, these things just sort of all came into place. And a lot of it had to do, again, with the relationships uh, that were established uh, that, that went back as far back as Syracuse. Oh yeah, it just underscores the importance of, of networking uh, at any step in your career and how those relationships uh, not just are valuable uh, in themselves, but can also pay you know, big dividends in other ways too. Um, let's go and talk a little bit about that transition from uh, teacher coach uh, to you know, middle school AD and then on to AD. Um, what were some of the things that um, surprised you about the role of athletic administration when you first came on? And uh, maybe what were some of the things that you felt, uh, you know, boy, my background has really prepared me well for this? Actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, um, you know, I did a lot of research into the area. Of course, I, my dissertation, uh, which was uh, funded by Frank Kovaleski, uh, of NIAAA fame, um, you know, I'll, I'll get into that here in a moment, but, you know, I, I found out that uh, my physical education background really did not prepare me uh, for uh, the position of athletic director, but by the time I went to my master's and, and saw the sorts of things that Jake was doing at Syracuse, and then, you know, so it was, a lot of it was self-taught to be honest with you, uh, in addition to some of the coursework. And that's why I was so um, engaged in wanting to gain as much information as I possibly could. And then eventually, uh, as I 
was working within uh, athletics, uh, you know, I, I took a grant writing class and I thought, okay, well, then this is obviously something that, you know, is going to be important uh, for us to sustain ourselves in, in certain instances to keeping the athletic program going. And so there was a lot of skill sets that I tried to piece together that really helped benefit my transition into that more administrative role. I really didn't have much experience in terms of interviewing uh, coaches for positions. Oftentimes that was already handled by our building principal anyway. Um, so therefore I might've sat in on some of those, but I wasn't necessarily the one that was gonna make that final call. Um, and so, uh, in, and then in other instances, you know, more or less my role was to, you know, schedule the games, make sure everybody was on the buses and, you know, safe, uh, that there wasn't, um, you know, that, that the transition from bringing outside teams to our facility, sort of serving as that, um, you know, host, uh, here's your locker rooms, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, there were a variety of different uh, things that I was responsible for and that at the end of the day, as I was working and, and researching and, and that sort of thing at Ohio, uh, really, you know, I, I figured out what I wanted to do and it, it sort of developed my, uh, my dissertation idea, uh, which ended up being, you know, how can high school or even middle school athletic directors for that matter, how can they become more educationally prepared? You know, because I mean, and it's no fault through, you know, their own background because there's been a lot of guys and gals who've gone that traditional route of, you know, they coached a certain number of sports. They might've been the social studies or the PE teacher, but, you know, based on the research that I did, uh, you know, I, I st statistically demonstrated the correlation between, yes, these are the important tasks and duties that athletic directors perform, but then here's where it was in terms of their educational preparation in terms of addressing those things. There was a significant gap uh, for that. And so it was because of that gap of knowledge of how to, you know, do things like scheduling, how to, you know, relationship building from, you know, uh, going out and um, getting grants and corporate sponsorships and some of the necessary things because, you know, the school board, you know, would put out the levy and then the levy would fail. And then what are one of the first things to get cut? You know, the, your, your budget for your athletic department is the first thing to get cut. So, you know, now, you're sort of scratching and trying to find ways in which to fund uh, certain sports or activities or, or, or what have you. So I know I've, I've gone in a very uh, broad brush way and, and, and sort of all over the place here, but um, at any rate, uh, I think that what I learned on the job in conjunction with what I learned through my research sort of developed into where I am today. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, it'll lead us into our next uh, point. Um, you've attained the, um, the highest level of certification through our national organization, the CMAA. Let's go and talk about that process as a young AD, 
um, you know, how'd you first become aware of, you know, the um, leadership training courses and um, that journey to CAA right. and then CMAA? I think it's important Actually, for our ADs to, to hear about that. Actually, I have not attained that CMAA, so, but I'm, I'm just a CAA at this point, but oh, that's, okay. yeah, that's fine. Um, no, it was actually um, when I first, uh, there was there was a gentleman that I met um, while I was working on my PhD. Uh, he was over at Georgia Southern University, a guy by the name of Dr. David Bucky Wagner. And so it's through our conversations uh, that, that he introduced me to Lucia Norwood and a lot of NIAAA uh, people. And he said, you know, Dave, if you sort of, you know, play your cards right, you know, this is this is really an interesting area where you can perhaps partner and blend, you know, sort of like a master's degree level type program with the NIAAA leadership training courses. And so, and then obviously my uh, dissertation addressed the fact that, uh, that this should be done online because I mean, I was that person who, you know, after a full day of work um, and maybe uh, supervising uh, some contests, then would go to, you know, Tuesday, Thursday classes from 6 to 9 p.m., just dog tired, uh, but did it. And so my thought was, you know, how can we then figure out a way in which athletic directors, you know, might not have to physically go to class, but can do it in this sort of platform where they can do it online. And so that sort of was the birth of that marriage. Uh, again, based on the research that I did back, um, I believe it was in uh, 2000, uh, I believe it was in 2000, um, where again, Frank Kovaleski uh, invited me to the National Athletic Directors Conference in San Diego. Uh, and it was at that time where I, I put out my survey to all the athletic directors uh, that were there and basically uh, was, again, sort of asking them, you know, through, you know, back then you used the, the bubble uh, pencil, number two pencil uh, Scantron bubble sheets. Uh, but then uh, at any rate, you know, again, goes to, you know, how educationally prepared were you to do these particular tasks and duties? And if it were offered, would it be feasible to uh, have your, you know, if you were going to go after a master's, uh, would you do it online? And so the data came back, uh, you know, very uh, positively in that direction. And that's ultimately um, how Ohio University uh, pulled the trigger on creating the very first master's program. Uh, for athletic administrators that incorporated the NIAAA courses uh, was basically based on my dissertation research. Let's go ahead and uh, jump right into that. I uh, want you to share with our listeners, uh, you know, exactly what the uh, online master's program is. Uh, and then, you know, maybe talk about some of the unique programs that uh, your students are doing. Sure. So, um, we started, uh, officially launched in 2017 at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, I have a wonderful group of colleagues that I work with and uh, we were sort of very ahead of the curve 
uh, as it relates to online education because we also have instructional designers uh, and that's their full-time job. So they come in and they assist us with sort of the building and construction of the courses in terms of how they're laid out, in terms of how they sequentially should uh, flow and that sort of thing, um, in terms of you know the different tools that are available to us, uh, that sort of thing. And so in addition to that, our focus for our masters is for is through the lens of college and high school athletic administration. And so we have a number of students who work for our own uh, University of Cincinnati athletic department. Uh, they might be working in the compliance uh, area or they might be working in student athlete services or they might be uh, that uh, equipment uh, and operations person uh, that is looking to advance themselves that way. Uh, but then also the partnerships that I've developed over the years uh, with our undergraduate program and putting students into uh, our local schools in Ohio and especially in the Cincinnati area. Uh, you know, uh, there was a, um, a report uh, in the Cincinnati Enquirer uh, that in terms of importance, it goes Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati Bengals, high school sports, and then everything else falls below that. So if you think about UC and Xavier and, and you know, some of the other college programs that are in our area and other professional teams, um, high school sports is very active uh, in our area. And I mean, the list of prominent people that have been uh, through uh, and from Cincinnati, the Larkin brothers, uh, Roger Staubach, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, even Urban Meyer uh, cut his teeth at St. Xavier High School uh, before becoming who Urban Meyer is. Uh, so uh, we have a, it, it's just a very fertile area uh, for high school athletics. And so this was like the most perfect area for me to be uh, in. And so again, developed the relationships over the years uh, and have really, again, helped establish and um, work with the next generation of athletic directors uh, so that they, you know, number one are, you know, I, I've, I've created a lot of revenue generators. And so, and I even told them this, you know, and I'll say, I'll tell them, I'll, I'll say this till the day I retire. If you can demonstrate, you know, that you're doing the right thing and you understand the components of educational based athletics, but then also that you can generate revenue, you know, they'll, they'll find a job for you. And so, uh, and that's certainly what has happened uh, due to the success that we've had, uh, not only among the private Catholic schools in the area, but then also many of the public schools. Uh, I've placed quite a few of uh, my students who are now alumni uh, to those various positions and are now serving as high school ADs. And I think between myself and my colleagues, um, we, we've done a pretty good job of, of preparing them for those realities. No, that's uh, some really good stuff. And uh, I know you've had some uh, real success with uh, some of your interns that you or students that you placed out there. Uh, go ahead and share uh, those success stories. Sure. Um, so 
I, I would first start off with uh, Brandon Spath over at Roger Bacon High School. In fact, uh, Roger Bacon High School, for, the, for those of your uh, audience here that doesn't know, uh, back in 2002, I was actually at that game in Columbus, uh, is LeBron James's only loss in the state finals when St. Vincent St. Mary's lost to little tiny Roger Bacon High School. And so that's his only uh, championship loss that he ever sustained, you know, at the, at the high school level. But obviously we see what he's done uh, recently with uh, the Cavs and the Lakers and, and, and so on and so forth, and even the Heat for that matter matter but uh great great story there but uh at any rate brandon is an absolute superstar he's the assistant athletic director there he's done so many outside of the box type of things um he most recently uh implemented figuring out how to use his huge um video board to basically duplicate what the nba did in the bubble and had virtual fans come and watch high school volleyball games. And so I thought that was pretty creative on his end. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, that I, I really want to share is that, you know, I mean, I'm not the type of professor that really, you know, the purpose of education is, is to give them those real life examples. And so, you know, I might do the occasional paper here or there, but one of the very significant uh, courses that I teach is what's called Applied Financial Management Strategies in Athletics. And with that, all my online students, I put them into teams of anywhere from four to six people. And then we partner them with an institution. It could be a college, it could be a high school, more so high schools than anything else. But at any rate, with those, you know, as, a, as an AD, uh, they don't necessarily have the time or the financial or even the human resources to go out and write grants. And so this is where my students come into play. And so they've been very successful uh, over at Milford High School. Uh, it's still yet to be determined, but they literally took everything cradle to grave in terms of preparing everything that's needed to put into that grant proposal, handed it over to Aaron Zupka, a former student of mine who's the director of athletics at Milford High School, for him to then apply for the NFL grassroots grant through the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, whether he gets the grant or not, I mean, we're, we're, we got our fingers crossed for that, but there have been other instances, the good sports grant uh, that has been uh, successfully obtained uh, with Alex Malou uh, over at Riverview East Academy uh, within the Cincinnati Public Schools as well as uh, some other grants at other institutions. And now it's very exciting because uh, with the growth of our program, I now have uh, some uh, students uh, that are from the Massachusetts area that we've partnered with a, a school in Massachusetts and we're going after, or they're going after uh, a dual grant uh, that's uh, being funded by both the US soccer uh, foundation and Musco lighting and they're going to replace or at least do the process of wanting to replace the lights at one of their historic stadiums uh, up in Massachusetts and so to me I think that's more valuable than than anything else and something that they can put on their resume something that they can demonstrate uh, to their future potential employers uh, that sort of thing that you know I mean to do a paper okay big deal uh, but you know, hey, I went out and I helped obtain a grant 
for this high school. Whoa, you know how to write grants? Perfect. You know, I think that speaks volumes to superintendents or diocesan administrators, uh, what have you. Oh, absolutely. I really can't imagine uh, a more important uh, piece of information that's going to separate you from the other applicants for a given position. Uh, you know, that is fantastic. Um, Dave, we've been asking our ADs around the country uh, about COVID, uh, and we've certainly seen a variety of responses. Uh, some states have you know, shut down sports. Uh, some have moved the seasons around. Um, you know, here in Florida, we delayed for a month and then more or less started up uh, later. But uh, we've we've seen within that system uh, a wide range of responses. Some schools in, in the Miami area are just now getting back on campus. Uh, here it's mid-October. So, um, Share with our listeners what's happening uh, right now uh, in Ohio, uh, as far as the schools uh, return to school as well as return to play. Sure. So, some I mean it's it's sort of a mixed bag um, in terms of their return to school, as well as for those that um, decided to either participate or not participate uh, in fall sports. And so here in Ohio, uh, I mean, football is very big. Um, and so therefore, uh, there was a, a little bit of transition um, with our state association in terms of its leadership. So that sort of uh, created uh, somewhat of a monkey wrench uh, into, you know, athletic directors sort of, you know, in terms of the guidance that they were seeking uh, from the state association, but at the end of the day, the state association basically said, look, you know, everybody's going to make the playoffs. And so if you're going to uh, participate, um, you know, we're going to have somewhat of a shortened season, but because of that, uh, and, and right now uh, we're in the midst of the OHSAA uh, or Ohio High School Athletic Association uh, football playoffs at the moment. But uh, it was really up to, they, they made it a local decision. Uh, it was really up to the schools, uh, whether that be their uh, athletic administrators or their school boards or, or what have you, uh, to whether or not they wanted to uh, do uh, you know sports and that it was limited to in terms of the monies uh, that it was, and this actually came from our governor, Governor DeWine, that it was only supposed to be uh, immediate family of student athletes and other essential personnel that would be allowed to uh, go into um, the contests uh, and, and so forth. So I know that in, in some one-off conversations that I've had with my former students who are now directing, you know, they're taking a, quite a financial hit uh, because, um, you know, they might not open the concession stands uh, and that they only have a very limited, you know, amount of people per the governor's um, uh, mandate. But at the same time, we have football. So uh, I think that's a good thing. Uh, and so, yes, you know, there, there's sort of some adjustments that ha have had to 
been made due to COVID. Um, you know, you, you've got that person right there at the front, you know, with that temperature taking gun, you know, taking temperatures and, you know, bringing people in, but got to mask up uh, and doing the right things that way, making sure that they're six feet apart. Uh, you know, there, I was at, over at LaSalle High School uh, with one of my former students and they had the student section and literally, you know, I mean, treating them somewhat like elementary school students, but you know, hey, you stand here on this red piece of tape, yeah, absolutely. You, stand, you know, and six feet away. But, you know, eventually, as you know, the learning curve occurs, you know, they, they eventually get it and, you know, and they're successfully having sports. Um, I have heard maybe minimal uh, amount of uh, COVID uh, infections in high school athletics here in Ohio. Uh, and so um, it's actually because of those mandates uh, by Governor DeWine, uh, as, as well as some of the other things um, that were that they were learning at that time in order to prepare uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, I think it's actually it's it's turned out better than expected. Well, it's always interesting to hear the um, responses from around the country. And again, you bring up the idea of uh, you know the smaller crowds you know affecting the gate. Um, I don't think a lot of people outside of our profession understand that even at the high school level, football, you know, very often funds uh, other sports and um, there are expenses. Uh, I, I told a parent uh, just a few weeks ago, you know, we're about $2,000 in the hole just before kickoff between the officials, the ambulance and the security and the support things that we have to have for a home event. And so, uh, uh, it, it is really impacting, you know, high school sports. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good to hear that uh, at least the kids are playing and that uh, so far, you know, the, the uh, COVID counts are down. Um, yeah. So, um, old guys, Dave, this has just been great to uh, hear a little bit about your program and have a chance to visit with you, but uh, we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up sure. with what we call the AD's toolbox. Uh, you're certainly an experienced athletic director, but right now I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Dr. Kelly's athletic director toolbox? Well, I think, you know, whether you know whether you want to call it important or not, I, I think it's vitally important is just engaging uh, with the generation that we're con we're you know we're in the information age, you know. So therefore, social media, I think, is is crucial, and so having those skills, as well as leveraging social media to your benefit in terms of revenue generation, which is my second tool for the tool belt. So, I mean, in some cases they sort of, you know, intertwine with one another, but I think social media uh, as well as the, the revenue generation opportunities uh, through social media are, are very important. So Brandon over at Roger Bacon's a great example. I have Kyle Sasala over at Bishop Fenwick High School. Alex Malou over at um, Riverview East Academy 
and a variety of others that, uh, you know, I could go on and on uh, and bend your ear about that, but they are that next generation that, you know, they grew up with the, with the iPhone. And so they can literally do within a matter of seconds, send out a tweet uh, or, or some sort of uh, information that says, well, hey, thank you, Kelsey Chevrolet for, you know, being our sponsor and, you know, and so on. And, you know, hey, do here's here's a tweet and, you know, click on this and, you know, get a free test drive. Or it might be uh, something that they put out there and, you know, buy one, get one free at Skyline Chili or, or what have you. And so leveraging that particular platform uh, through social media and, 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 like I said, in conjunction with generating revenue, I think that that's two significant ones um, in the toolbox. The other thing is, is that, and I don't know if this is necessarily a tool, uh, is more more so than a recommendation. Is, you know, in terms of the organizational job demands. The athletic director, you know, the the idea of being a one man or a one woman band, uh, you know, that that that's causing a lot of burnout among our profession. And so, I would say to you know that that is is if you can delegate things, delegate them, get those off your plate, because there are so many things that an athletic director is responsible for, you know, and I even talk about this in my courses, because again, remember I told you that our master's courses sort of look at things through the lens of college and high school athletics. Obviously the higher up you go in college athletics, the more specialized those job functions become. And so therefore, you know, you have a person who specifically their job is compliance and student athlete eligibility. They have a specific job of, you know, study tables and the student athlete services. They're just doing ticketing. They're just doing this. They're just doing, you know, you sort of know where I'm going with this. Whereas the high school athletic director, guess what? They're all of those things. They're wearing all of those hats. And so therefore, um, I think it behooves superintendents of schools or diocesan administrators at the private level to really start thinking about, you know, do we want to lay all this on a uh, athletic director, or could we potentially look into the feasibility of bringing on an assistant athletic director that can help sort of uh, with the job responsibilities that are all on the athletic director? Uh, I, I think that that's something in terms of delegation. I think that's a, a third, you know, again, I don't know if that I would necessarily uh, refer to it as a tool, but um, more of a recommendation. Oh, no, absolutely. That's, that's an ability. That's a skill to be able to, you know, recognize and nurture the talent around you and then, you know, delegate as uh, appropriate to that individual, those people. And uh, uh, as, as far as the, the information that you talked about, you just keep hearing that more and more. If you want to connect with your students, and in many cases now, their parents, um, you need to be, you need to have that social media awareness and that social media presence. Okay. Yes. And uh, it's, it's an area that I grudgingly uh, accepted, uh, let's say a couple of years ago, but it's paid tremendous dividends. So uh, appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. 
Dr. David Kelly, uh, University of Cincinnati online master's program. If our listeners uh, want to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way to get in touch? I'll spell it out. K-E-L-L-E-Y. D is in David, V is in victory at uc.edu or kellydv at uc.edu. Email is uh, basically the left side of my brain. Uh, so at any rate, um, if, yeah, shoot me an email. Uh, you know, it might be 24 to 48 hours before I get back to you, but I will eventually get back to you for sure. You can also find uh, Dr. Kelly on Twitter. He's got a great Twitter presence, uh, posts a lot of the uh, stuff that they're doing uh, at University of Cincinnati. Uh, Dave, thanks again for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Jake. To our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD. Remember, the video portion of this interview is available on YouTube under the FIAAA Educational AD channel. Thanks again for listening.